We're not going to waste no. time this time with uh, Luke on the R scripts. No, Luke <laughs> has no time. Luke has. No, I have some R scripts. I might be running behind the scenes because my entire week has been spent. Well, since when did I do that? For anyone who doesn't follow us on Twitter, I did a huge. Uh, we are in the middle of a uh, very large all-time hockey Twitter bracket, uh, sixty-four tweet bracket. Right now, there's four divisions. We got the, the the fans, the stats, the media, and the players. There's 16 tweets from each that everyone on Twitter recommended, and then I kind of compiled. I just did it because I was bored. I think it was on Thursday, so it would have been like four days ago or something. Um, yeah, it was like in the middle of the Huberto discourse. Yeah, it was and like you were yeah. just like everyone was going like up in arms about like. Oh, you know, Alan Walsh was talking about like, yeah, he was going, going after Dom or yeah. whatever, and everybody was really mad that like he's not in the heart discussion. And then Josh is like, "Oh, what are the best hockey Twitter <laughs> tweets of all time?" And then that kind of just shut down the. Well, people enjoyed the uh, people always. This is the thing on Twitter: people really live for the discourse and the, uh, which isn't. I don't think it's. I I think like thinking back on it now, I think it's kind of cooled down a little bit. Like it 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 used to be like hockey Twitter used to be like very argumentative and very. Um, just I I felt like there were always people arguing and debating and being mean to each other on a little bit more so than now. But maybe I'm just removed too far now. Maybe I'm not in the weeds as much as I used to be. I don't know, Sean. What's your opinion on that? Well, I think you got like so you had such an extreme um, situation that anything compared to that seems nice <laughs> <laughs> with the with the Nichushkin Dreisaitl thing, which you guys still yeah. have live on. Um, it and and that well that made the the bracket uh, that is currently in the I think it was the eighth seed ninth ninth seed uh, in the stats division uh, going up against the uh, Colorado PDO tweet Colorado um, Colorado Colorado PDO. Um, that's like it's that one's so funny is Mike Kelly. I it's really hard to find that tweet. I know the, the tweet I was able to find is like I think the one that Dimitri uh, had in his um like Twitter by or like profile picture. Like Mike Kelly like, like deleted it at this point, right? Oh yeah, yeah it's oh, gone. Yeah. It's from like twenty fourteen. Yeah. It's like back when McKinnon's rookie year, you remember do you remember that season? That was like eight years ago. You were like ten years old. <laughs> no, it well, was. Hold like, on, let me go and find it because I. It was like it was so. So for people who don't know the backstory of that, it was this is like, right? What the so-called summer of analytics was twenty fourteen, right? I think so. So yeah. this would have been the season before that summer where all the people got hired. Um, I think that was like there were many people, but Colorado. It was the year that the Wild beat them in the first round. Uh, the 2013-2014 And it was McKinnon, season. he won the Calder that year. And Colorado had really bad underlying numbers, but they had, like, their PDO was, like, 107. And, and wasn't that the season that, like, wasn't that, like, Patrick Waugh's first season? With yeah, them I think too? so. I think it was for Patrick Waugh's first season as their head coach. Um, but there's just kind of an infamous tweet that is not really around, but it's kind of, like, lived on in, like, lore of people randomly will bring it up, like, thing you know, the so so and the so things this team does well lead to a hundred and ten. Yeah. PDO so so the thing. the tweet itself <laughs> is a um it's it's now like you you just can't find it because a lot of these tweets are deleted. A lot of the ones that people recommended or like they nominated it when I asked for suggestions were tweets that are no longer around. A lot of them were like accidental tweets that people got screenshots of or. We're only up for a few hours, and then, you know, for whatever uh, was asked, you know, somebody said, you need to delete this, and so then they <laughs> deleted it. I mean, but this one was from Mike Kelly, and it was at MC79Hockey, which is still an account. I was under the impression, I thought that's like, wasn't that similar to like Tyler Dello's like old account or his like website? I don't quite remember. It sounds similar to that. 
Um, yeah. But he added a, a account and he said the things Colorado does well results in a 106.7 PDO, in my opinion, which is the tweet that our entire Nachushkin Dry Saddle saga thing um, is is ag- up against. And it's currently we're winning. We're the slight underdog, eight nine. The eight nine seed is always seeds are hard though. Seeds are really hard. Yeah. Anyway, but yeah, that it was in response to. Uh, and is there a date on here? It was he. It was sent. It was that actually is that from I can't this tweet is so small, I I think it was from October 2013, um so it was like early in the year, before the summer of analytics but it was like there was still a lot of people who were looking at teams like you know I mean I I remember even some of the classic like on there was every year for like in the early 2010s there was like a team that in the early part of the year had really bad shot metrics but was scoring and had a pretty high PDO what people used to call and then I think the Wild were it like in was it 2011 12 yeah it was this um, it was the year Yo's first year coaching the Wild where they started really hot and then just absolutely had the worst like half last half of yeah, the season and, Bra- and missed the playoffs Brozziak had like I don't know 15 goals in 2 months or something I mean it was like in a month and or and it wasn't that much but, but anyway complete, I think the Flames were one of those teams too and then the Avalanche were kind of the successor of that, um, sorry, we're we're kind of steamrolling this. Sean, did You're you have just something going, to add? Well, you were just going <laughs> on and on and on, tabernacle. <laughs> like, so I have questions. Yes, and I wasn't able to ask them because you kept going on. All right, let's <laughs> but, let's track back. Let's hear some questions. For one, are you going to apologize to the listeners for this distracting you from putting out the glossary <laughs> series, which you <laughs> promised to put out, and now it's like two weeks old? Like we recorded this like in February. Yes, I would like to apologize to our loyal Evolving Hockey listeners. We even said last podcast that we would have it out. Uh, we would have it out this last week, um, and I, I, I legitimately was caught up in this hockey Twitter bracket and just forgot to edit it. And I never put it out. And I then it was Friday. It was like Thursday night, and I'm like, well, it's Friday tomorrow. Like, I maybe we just wait next week. There's, it's not time sensitive. I mean, there's like one or two things. So. We'll edit that out. You'll edit I, it yeah, out. Yeah, but I do apologize. I apologize to both you and Luke as well for for for. I don't care. Keeping it on ice, <laughs> but it's just that good. It's gonna marinate a little bit. <laughs> it's gonna uh, marinate. The, yeah, the third series in the the third glossary series on Rapham is gonna marinate, and it'll be even better. And then, do you guys recognize the timing here with March Madness? Like, I saw it was a March Madness yeah. bracket that you guys put together. <laughs> But like, I yeah, I just don't feel like you guys would ever have lined that up. And then like, let's do it just a giant 64 team bracket in March. It was so funny that I, I realized this as I was getting like, we, I don't know. So the original tweet I had, I think had something like 300 responses and it was most of the people, it was a lot of tweets that I was going through and looking through and trying to find, you know, collect everything and spending time, like kind of cataloging all of the tweets. Um, and I realized that we were getting close to like, I think I had, I had like in a Google sheet or I mean in an Excel doc, I had like 80 or 90 tweets that I had kind of, and I was starting to figure out like, how are we going to organize them? And I was realizing where well, there's, there's clearly like different segments of hockey Twitter that has, you know, contributed to the overall greatness of hockey Twitter bracket or whatever we're doing. And I realized like, well, 64 makes sense. Not even thinking about like March Madness or how a normal 64 anything would work and i was looking for brackets online so that i could fill out and the only one i could find that was like high resolution and was easy to get was the 2022 march madness bracket from ncaa and i the original one i did just had all of the march madness stuff in it and we actually had somebody mention like message and say just fyi like they've been known to take down copyright stuff so i was like oh shoot i <laughs> probably shouldn't leave the march madness logos and stuff on there so 
I, I found a different uh, bracket, or I, I just edited it so it didn't have that in there. But, yes, yeah. uh, it is funny. It, it's very much because the thing is, the media side of this bracket, there is just some unhinged stuff that the media has said over the years. I mean, like, it is – and there were – I mean, the media bracket, the 16 tweets that made it, there were, like, 10 other tweets that were all – like right on the cusp, that was really, really hard to pick which one should be in there. And that it specifically makes it March Madness because the media is mad. I mean, some of these yeah. tweets are. <laughs> That's the thing. It's like the players, a lot of times they have like dumb tweets, I guess you could say. Yeah. Or like, you know, they're like tweets that are like digged up from like dug up, not digged up. Yeah. From like <laughs> from like when they were like teenagers or whatever, like before they got drafted, like the Connor McDavid tweet. Right. Yeah, like I don't or know like what Mac he was thinking. Right, <laughs> or McAvoy. That one's really good. <laughs> that one's a good one. Uh, you know, but like they're like sixteen or like fifteen yeah. in those, and it's like you know they're dumb. But like the media, it's like we're talking about grown people. Yes. I'm sure like almost all of them, if not all of them, are men. I haven't looked yeah. at the, I, the bracket. I think, you know I mean? Yeah, I mean we yeah. just basically went off what people suggested. Yeah, so like it, there yeah. were people who were like you know there was the whole. New York NY Rangers fan Tony D'Angelo saga that people were mad we didn't include. There was a very inappropriate I, yeah. Danny Malkin tweet saga <laughs> that we didn't imp- include. I don't know how we would have included that one because I didn't even see it. I don't think it's around anymore. But um, it was, yeah, we we tr- we tried to just go with what, like, the ones that people suggested. Like, basically, like, it was nominated but it was hard because then there were a couple people who were like, "You got to put your Nichushkin dry sidle thing in there." Yeah, and then also you got to put the Sabers logo tweet in there, <laughs> which is like the this, the dumbest tweet we've Wait, ever. Can you remind tweeted. me of that one again? It's oh, the, it's just it's the tweet is the Buffalo Sabers logo is a buffalo and two sabers, and it has like twelve hundred likes and like <laughs> Buffalo, bu- <laughs> Buffalo fans have just completely lashed onto it. It's very much that was the other thing is that also balancing like like really niche like tweets for markets like the um, Andrew McDonald uh, geese vine is one that Philadelphia that Flyers fans is like kind of held among like you know one of the greatest did you see that video sean i had never seen that tweet before i had seen it it's been a long time it's essentially it's the tweet i think reads something like um telling some geese the terms of andrew mcdonald's new contract and it's just like a seven second vine of, of literally like some guy in a field with a bunch of geese and he's walking towards them and yelling like six years 30 million <laughs> and the geese just fly away so like there, it's like stuff like that. That's like it's been lost in like because yeah. I don't like people. You know, I I used to hear Amac, Flyers fans used to complain about Andrew McDonald constantly in that contract. Like that was you know six years ago. Which, or you know, to be honest, it's fair. And so it's like a lot of these are like they've kind of been lost through the history. Like I mean, there's also a lot of really good. Um, I mean, it, hockey Twitter just used to be a lot like stats Twitter specifically used to be a lot more unhinged. Back like in 2015, like 2016, it, gets, it was just it gets a little unhinged still. Yeah, oh, but like does. I feel it like is. it's in a different way. Like before, it was like a super niche community that I don't think like there's ever thought of like being hired or different things like that. Like it's kind of gone through its like evolution, right? Yeah, yeah. And like I think like back in the day, it just was like so like unprofessional and like not. <laughs> oh yeah. Like it was also a smaller community, I think, as well. So it's like, it was like just significantly more unhinged. But like now, it's it still has like if you look at like Dom's like I'm single tweet and like that whole thing <laughs> like back in like July, 
like that's pretty un that was a pretty unhinged time on on hockey twitter yeah. again that yeah. was very i know it, i'm sure it didn't make the brackets not an all-time tweet but like it was like uh it was a different element of unhinged yeah. i don't know it's kind of i i think hockey twitter specifically the fan the stats side of it has has changed like it was funny we found ourselves having to explain manny's salad to people um who just didn't understand it it and it i completely get that if you weren't around for like like 2016 2017 into you know a couple years the corsica era of manny manny at manny elk manny manny is honestly like genius level for and he did such an incredible amount of work for the hockey assist community but his Twitter was often very like it like it was uh, somebody responded and said like what was it I don't remember who it was they're like like that was a wild time where the only site that had XG you'd go to their you know you go to the page and you you'd follow the person who made it and occasionally you'd just see somebody like some ass pictures on Twitter <laughs> like like the only place you could find XG and you're and you're seeing some like just unhinged shit on Twitter and oh it was, it was it was glorious well i think the thing was back then it seems like now a lot of the analytics like stats things have kind of it's gotten a little bit more mainstream and yeah. so you get there's the like that was before you'd have like big accounts even like tweeting out no, stat no. stuff. Nobody you paid. Like, nobody paid You attention. wouldn't have like um an agent like Alan Walsh coming after uh, a statistics writer, like a you know yeah. analytics quote unquote writer. Like that just never happened. Like there was nothing. No like, you know. I mean there were, like there are some remnants. Like I mean one of the, I think the reason that Corsica got its name was because Bobby Ryan added uh, original Corsica or I think the Oh it's such a good the tweet. website that oh. Manny this is Manny it wasn't Perry, it wasn't way. it wasn't Manny based I don't think or unless Manny no, had a website it, it, but it was send so, stats. It was it, send but that stats. was I'm pretty sure that was Manny who ran yeah, I'm that pretty account. sure that account because I think there so. is so, a yeah I'll I'll say I have the just to I have the tweet up. It was from um uh I believe it was like yeah it's October twenty fourteen and it was Bobby Ryan at Send Stats. You keep your stats. Never been a minus in my career. Yet a Corsica rating somehow makes sense. It's stats for nerds, is the tweet, <laughs> which is just such a good tweet. Yeah. But that's where the name Corsica came from. Was from Bobby Ryan's response to Manny. I'm pretty sure. And then the and then um, the follow up to it was like some like random the ju- old yeah just win crusty guy yeah just they're win, both, baby. win baby they're both in the bracket like they both made it because they're such iconic and a lot of that is Manny just made those phrases and the things that happened around that like become part of like the lexicon in the stats twitter he, but it, yeah he did. <laughs> and and um, i think you know this but i like literally played with jwb balls i i used to get custom pro v's i still probably will well i play avx's now long story short are you talking about golf right now yeah yeah so i played okay. but i i ordered from titleist like all these balls that had jwb on them for years oh. <laughs> just Wayne baby because of that <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Man, he had. There was a um a that, link, or that an, football a, coach. Who's that old football? Yeah, coach? there's the uh the the really famous YouTube video of the f- football coach in like an interview, just saying like just big smile. He's just like just win, baby. Yeah, Al and Davis, the, right? Yeah, but yeah. um anyway, yeah. It's, um, I will also say last point on this. I don't know, maybe not last point, but we nominated Micah's tweet of his visualizations that are very risque. The boobs chart. The Micah's boobs chart. <laughs> I don't know if anybody remembered that tweet until sure we brought pe- it back I'm sure up. people did. And I am so happy that we that so that is winning and it's kind of or is it 
it well, it's really close. So I'm I'm gonna probably let this this will the podcast will come out tomorrow. I think voting will close on round one tomorrow sometime. I don't know. This has been such a waste of time, but also <laughs> really fun i've been giggling and laughing the entire time that we've been doing this because there really are some treasure tro- like there's just some tre- like yeah some little gems but i will the, just um, just fall on that <laughs> that was maybe one of the most enjoyable days on hockey twitter when micah just innocently tweeted out he's like oh check out this he's new like, check contour out these new contours heat maps i got <laughs> and then everybody's like bro that's just straight up boobs <laughs> and then like literally it was so funny i was sitting at my work just like having it was a quiet office and i had i i I seriously had to like walk to the bathroom because i was gonna like burst out laughing like the whole day i keep seeing people responding it was so funny but yeah we'll we'll wrap up on the on the hockey twitter but sean you're right is that each of the divisions has their own kind of um i guess mentality or like the uh there's a a certain flavor to the different types of tweets because the fans a lot of the time are just either shit posts or like really funny things that have kind of caught on that are tr- true. Like acting the fool man on Twitter has two that I think are, have a very real chance of like making it to like the last two tweets in the fans, which is the Mark Donk tweet, which is just a, an all timer that people still reference. And then also the sad group tweet. Um, and it's just general, like, you know, like the, who's ready to scream at or yell at the boy auction, you know, stuff like that. That's like not, it's, it's mostly just fun kind of on the verge of like shit posting, but some other, like, just like silly things that have become part of like the general phrases among hockey Twitter and like memes. And then the stat stuff is, it's pretty chaotic. Like the stat side is like a lot of misunder. It's, it's a half of it is misunderstanding things. And then getting confused by them and tweeting things out that are just like come off as silly. And then the other side is like the people who do the websites like Micah has two and we have one and Dom has one. And it's just like silly things that have become kind of iconic. Yeah, it's kind of a bummer because a lot of the people who that were kind of foundational in hockey Twitter like back in the day are no longer really on Twitter or they deleted all their tweets. A lot of the people who got hired. Let's just say Namita had some of the best tweets. She was one of the best tweeters. I, I think this I think, website. I don't in, think anyone has ever been better than Namita at Twitter. Like, yeah, I, it, it, and it's kind of a shame that none of her tweets are around. And it's hard if you don't see it. Like, I couldn't find screenshots of them. Also, I don't really like to unless it's really posted. Like, a lot of the ones that are on the media side have been reposted to death, and like they're not, you know. But I'm not trying to go find deleted tweets from somebody who works for a team, and also like they're not really like that well known. Just for anyone who doesn't know or wasn't following Namita when she was on Twitter. Um, and before she's working for the um, the Kraken, she was just the best. I mean, there really wasn't any but anyone. Yeah, better. so we can't like. There's a lot yeah. like that. I mean, there was just some classic ones from back in the day. Like, I mean, there used to be Dello and David Johnson and yeah. Hockey Grant. Like everybody would just be arguing, and it'd be so silly all the time. And those just do not exist anymore. And Manny is Manny is uh, and and feeble and and like Manny's account isn't active, and Feeble Math isn't around. Who had like I did manage to find the Kaka PP tweet. Which what, about, is what about many elk? Did that have a good uh, any good so tweets? So that was a very like small group of people who would like laugh that. at that. Yeah. So it was like <laughs> th- I think that account still is around. I don't know. I haven't seen it in yeah. a long time. Um, but yeah, like what Luke was saying, a lot of the good older stats tweets are gone because the people who yeah, but it's a bummer. Feeble math isn't around. I think one of my favorite. Well, that's the posting the rap him chart and then Dan dropping the mic. That's <laughs> yeah. one of my favorites. And then also the the uh, Tucker Poolman. Tucker, I hardly knew her pool man. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> it's <We're> so dumb. <laughs> <laughs> Which was always because now whenever I watch Tucker Pullman, I can't not think of that tweet. Yeah. It just tweet just pops up into my mind. It's just so dumb, but it's so yeah. silly. And then but, yeah, like you said, media is its own thing. Oh, it's just, that yeah, is, I mean, just, you should have. We we should just. Do you, did you post all of the nominations? They're all in the Google because this is like a history of like hockey Twitter. It's it like is in and there's documentation for each one. Yeah. And the thing that's funny is that with deleted tweets, you can't like really search on the Wayback Machine for like a, a, a user. Like you can, but if you need to have the actual link to the tweet, yeah, in order to find it on like the Wayback Machine. And so, like a couple of these, we found from older brackets people had done back in like 2017, um, and like they had like the links and the tweets are no longer up, but you can find them on the Wayback Machine. You can't really find much else. But, like about, but if you have a specific link, you can put it into the Wayback. That, that machine. was the only way I was able to find the Kaka PP uh, yeah. <laughs> tweet, <laughs> which is also just an absurd tweet. Yeah. And then, like you said, Sean, the the, the players' tweets are mostly just silly, um, like. Either yeah, like like basically children on Twitter, you know that's kind of what half yeah. of them are. Or then the you know Phil the the classic the sitting around tweet, and then also just Phil self self titled Phil Jim Avison self titled also almost made it in the media side um, as well. But anyway, so that's way too. I've I, I said I've already wasted like the last four <laughs> days doing this, and we've spent most of the first segment talking about it. But it's a good time. It's a hoot. It's Sean. a fun time. Yeah, you know, sometimes Sean, you remember you've been around. You probably remember most of these tweets, don't you, Sean? Even though you're you were a child back then. <laughs> yeah, I mean. Um... A graph enjoyer, I don't remember her name, but um, maybe she's anonymous for a reason. Um, but she had a funny reply in your replies about the salad tweet. It was a, yeah. yeah. a follow-up to your salad tweet. And she was like, you know, I was alive in 2016. <laughs> I was still, like, 18 in 2016. Like, I was, like, living in conscious. <laughs> like, don't worry. I've been on here since, I, like, 2013. I, I Yeah, it's mostly the the people who are now – approaching like dom i mean even dom is like almost 30 isn't he um you dom know, is get- old we don't talk about that enough <laughs> <laughs> oh man i mean we're getting close to 33 here so we're uh you know but it's, i think it's, yeah yes but it's people who are like I've, i this realization that i've spent a good portion of my adult life on twitter and i know this is also the sentiment of a lot of people who are responding. It's like, I can't believe the amount of time I've spent on this website, who <laughs> the, was kind of the general sentiment in response to the Twitter bracket, too. And it's very funny, like, in, in this new generation that's going to come through, it's like Twitter was sort of part of our, I wouldn't say childhood, because you're not a child once you're hitting, like, high school, but, like, it was, like, a big part of, like, growing up. So it was a very different experience f- for me, because, like, I was still in high school, and was very involved back in like 2014 yeah. to 2016 and so like i remember all these tweets and i was there in a very different role and they were like <laughs> literally parts of me growing up like i remember the <laughs> corsica tweet and like yeah. like you gotta remember the corsica tweet came out when i was what uh what year was that 2013 i think 2014 maybe 2014 so like i was you were like 17, 16 18. i was 16 yeah. So foundational <laughs> aspects of who Sean Ferris is. It is. And I like my senior essay was like on the summer of analytics. Okay. So yeah. I wrote that in like the fall of 2015. And that was like, I had to like cite like three different articles or something. God, that's I was, crazy. Yeah. I was a big fan of Kyle. And um, <laughs> like, I, I well, you know, 
It's funny. I mean, this is the funny kind of, I don't know if it's a generational divide, but, like, we're not, I mean, I don't know. We're older than you. We're, like, what, eight, nine years older than you are? But, like, it's not like, that isn't that much in the grand scheme of things. But what I didn't have, I wasn't, I, I didn't get on Facebook or even really hear about it until, like, junior year of high school. I mean, it might yeah. have been senior year of high school. And I didn't actually join Facebook until my fr- freshman year of college. Um, so yeah, I didn't we have, didn't, we like, weren't on I wasn't, social, the yeah. social media didn't exist until I was in college for me. And high school was a lot of, like, I we were, we were right at the, I remember when YouTube became a thing. Like, that's kind of the my generation, I guess, or our generation is, like, yeah, because we like a lot of it was YouTube because I think YouTube was like 2005, 2004. Yeah, we graduated high school in 2007. Yeah, and that was like, <laughs> don't give me that face, John. <laughs> don't give me that. And that was like YouTube. We had a friend who posted a couple videos on YouTube in like 2005, and they got like a million views because like he just like he was one of the first users on YouTube, and then they got copyright struck and were taken <laughs> down. Yeah, I think it was but, like a, uh, you ever heard of the Bela Fleck or the the Flecktones, Sean? No. Uh, it's it's like a Bela Fleck's a banjo player, and he posted like a live DVD. He had ripped like a song off of it and put it on YouTube, and then it got taken down. But one of them that is such a like it's such a travesty that isn't on YouTube anymore was a video that he was trying he was testing out how to upload videos to YouTube and he converted a video that he shot of when we were like I don't know how old we were maybe sixth grade seventh grade yeah Luke, and it yeah, was it was like we were twelve or it something. was us skateboarding for like a thirty it was like a forty second video of us skateboarding that was just titled bad skateboarding and it was us like doing the worst tricks like <laughs> trying to like we had like put like little rails on the ground and we're like grinding on rails on the ground and like jumping off stuff and and the, and the comments were just people like shitting on us <laughs> like we were like it was like us as 12 years 12 year olds and like it was called bad skateboarding like, everyone was just suck. roasting us in the comments it was so funny it's not on youtube it's anymore not, unless somebody finds find it. it but, but anyway so yeah we are we grew up before Twitter. I didn't have Twitter until I got out of college. And so like I didn't have Twitter. I didn't wasn't really on social media. Facebook was a thing in college, big thing, but it was different Facebook. It was like Yeah, that was like it was like everybody was posting statuses you know, it wasn't kind of. I mean, I'm not on Facebook anymore. It, but was, it was much more of like that, the original version of Facebook, which is like four campuses. So it was like, it was kind of like we were in our group of like where we went to school and that's who we interacted with. In the middle and of like, nowhere, Wisconsin. No, <laughs> hey. Appleton is not really in the middle of nowhere. It's kind of, it's on Michigan. Like it's Michigan. Wisconsin. <laughs> <laughs> you're hey. been, you've never been to Wisconsin. No. Yeah, Milwaukee yeah. and Madison and Green Bay are, well, Let's not talk about Green Bay. It's kind of a boring city. No offense to Green Bay, but I don't. Know. I like Milwaukee and Madison, and Appleton's kind of like I don't know. It, it's got its charm. It's got its charm because that's where I went to school. But um, yeah, it was more of like your parents. Our parents weren't on Facebook. That was kind of like it was. I think everything changed with with social media when like I don't know. And Sean, maybe you can. I don't know how old you were when your parents got on Facebook or something. But like that was the thing for me. I remember was very clearly when my relatives starting getting on Facebook that things kind of went. I was like, oh, I don't have any interest in this anymore. Well, <laughs> like that was very different because my parents were on Facebook. Well, my father wasn't, but my mother was on Facebook first, and then I had to get yeah. like, permission to be on because like yeah, again, Facebook was like fully well, not fully formed. It was like pretty well formed by the time I was like old enough to be on like Facebook. Like what I probably got one in like. Sixth, seventh grades, like 2010 or oh 2011. God. Oh my goodness! Oh my that god! That just doesn't compute. Yeah. And then, and then like everything was like just so cringy. And like some of these memories <laughs> would pop back up too, like on my Facebook. 
And I'll be like, what was I even posting this for? <laughs> <laughs> well, so, yeah, that's oh, you. God, that's can't, your, like, you're Connor McDavid, though, on Twitter, right? Yeah. Like, that's the stuff that, like, like is let, some... Let in, me go. Yeah. You guys could stall. And, like, let me go find, like, the stupidest... Facebook I don't know if I want to hear. I want to hear Sean's See, this is like something where like I don't know if I could handle seeing what my like twelve or thirteen year old. We're putting self it out. There. We're putting one out there tonight. Would have okay. would have said on Facebook. Like we had friends when we were in like junior high who were on like MySpace. And, MySpace and was AIM, our AOL, yeah. like Instant Messenger. I don't know. That's probably before your time. Yeah. Um, but that's when like <laughs> that's when like I remember learning what LOL meant. Like because yeah. that was AIM. That was Inst- AOL Instant Messenger. People were talking about JK and LOL and like you know all of these new acronyms that well, I, we had no idea what they were and people yeah. would start using them. And it was my like, introduction is- to the internet was really like in like seventh and eighth grade homeroom where we were in a computer lab and I was playing like flash games on on the computer like defend your castle and I don't know all. What I, is have that, you heard of ball? Curveball, uh, uh, line rider, which I made a, a a funny reference. John, did you see my line rider tweet? No. It was yeah, the, it was the Toronto Maple Leafs goaltending curve. Yeah, just the slope with the little the with the little <laughs> sledder on it, or the little guy sledding. Did you not see that? It's been it's been rough. Okay, let's <laughs> like, like we haven't I, talked about hockey at all. That we were talking about hockey Twitter. I but I almost lost it last night. I mean, <laughs> yeah, that was pretty rough. The Leafs sort of they're 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 kind of down bad yeah. in their goaltending department. It's. It's 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 like I've now this has happened enough where like you don't really want to like shit on the goaltenders because it's just one person but it's like I it's kind of like well what else are you supposed to say yeah it's like the goal and I know they're missing like Muzzin whatever but like I mean I don't think it has nothing to do no, with their defense I don't think it does either I don't like, know, maybe there's a little bit there but it's it's almost all the same I mean they're I think they've like every game the the goalies have for the it's last been like, bad. Yeah. It's Which been we real can talk bad. more about hockey. Sean, are we still stalling for you to find a cringy Facebook tweet from when you were eleven? <laughs> well, first of all, they're just like Facebook posts. Uh um, yeah. But, oh yeah, sorry, I'll Facebook find tweet. One. I mean maybe we'll open up the next segment with one. Okay, with yeah. one <laughs> yeah, but I'm back to like two thousand twelve now on I'm scrolling through and I was tweeting a lot about the election. Or not tweeting, f- making how, Facebook posts about the election. How Ron, old were Romney you? Obama? How old I were was, you? I was 14. I was really into it. Oh my god! That was 10 <laughs> was, years ago. I was very much, and these are all very cringy. But we're not going to go into like politics tweets, like 12-year-old John. Politics. None of them make sense. <laughs> no, I was 14. You're 14. Oh, okay. Excuse me. I mean, there's not much me. difference between 12 and 14. If, let's be honest. Like, there's a little bit of. I took is. eighth grade social studies. I mean, <laughs> there's a difference. What's the difference between 12 and 14, Josh? It's me liking. POD versus me liking Led Zeppelin. That's the difference between 12 and 14. I don't know what that means. (laughs) POD? You've never heard of the band POD? So, like, I'm I'm briefly... What? You never heard of POD? I've heard of Led Zeppelin. You don't know the band POD? I hope that you've heard of Led Zeppelin. You've never heard of POD? I don't think so. Payable on Death is... like They're like this early 2000s, like, new metal band. Like... They were kind of, I mean, I don't know. I feel like you would have, you've heard one or two of their songs in like some sure. action movie. Like in a Fast and the Furious movie, you've heard, I bet, one of their songs. I've never watched the Fast and the I don't really watch movies. See, this or is the TV. kind of, now I'm not that old, but when I say I POD and somebody like you who's 10 years younger or nine years younger says, I've never heard of POD, it makes me feel ancient. It makes me feel like <laughs> I'm about ready to retire. <laughs> <laughs> okay, POD band comes up on Google. There's yeah, also a storage. There's also a moving and storage company. You mean pod. a pod? That's a pod. <laughs> yes. 
I know. <laughs> I know that. Uh, let me see what their what their top songs are. Um, you can't play it because we're gonna get copyright strike. Yeah, don't play I it. That. But I know that. I, we won't. I don't think. Do, is no. anyone listening to this? Podcast? They have a song. They had a song that was huge called "Alive." Also, "Boom." Also, "Youth of the Nation." Satellite. Okay, "Youth of the um, Nation." I've heard of. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Okay. All right. So you have heard. Anyway, I don't even remember where we are. We should go to break. This has been a whole. Yeah. This has okay. been a whole we'll, tangent. About we'll go to break and then and then we'll uh, we'll talk about hockey after the break maybe yeah, yeah and you don't need to read us your cringy yeah Facebook i'm, I'm going to i'm going to <laughs> or at least have to put one out there people are going to be waiting for it so all right fine. well all right well on the, i'm looking forward to that on the on the other side of the <laughs> yeah. break for the for the time being please take a uh, please listen intently to our sponsor's message and hopefully we don't lose our sponsor from our <laughs> <laughs> from my facebook <laughs> all right take us a break The Evolving Hockey Podcast is brought to you by EvolvingHockey.com, your home for advanced NHL statistics on the web. When you become a subscriber to EvolvingHockey.com, you gain access to such evaluation tools as NHL Goals Above Replacement, Regularized Adjusted Plus Minus, Skater Contract Projections, Visualizations, Charts, and much more. Visit Evolving-Hockey.com slash login today to become a subscriber. Welcome back to the Evolving Hockey Podcast. After a chaotic start, as promised, I will read a couple of twin, yeah, cringy Facebook posts that I had <laughs> when I was younger. Um, and we looked in, and I like also like lost it. Like I scrolled way, way back, right, like ten years, and then I just like lost it again as we were like doing this pre-recording. I was reading a, a couple, um, and you know, I discovered some things about myself too. I guess one one night. Like in 2011, I threw up seven times. Probably, <laughs> probably it was a complete hyperbole. But I didn't go to school the next day, so hopefully, uh, I'm feeling better now. <laughs> Wait, hold on. What? Give give our listeners a time frame of like what when this was and how old you were. And so what I, you were that was like 2011. So I okay. was in eighth grade and I was 13. But yeah, this is just insane. For, for yeah. be, that was when we were graduating college. Was yeah. 2011, the spring of 2011. So. Um, You'd be happy to know, for one, on May 29th of 2012, um, again, this would be eighth grade and I was 14, uh, science went good, dot, 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 LOL, and I don't I don't know why it wouldn't have gone good, but or well, well, it should be an adverb, but... Um, Are you talking about, like, a class, do you think? A science class, about... yes. Yes, oh, okay, I, I was in blue science class. We split the classes by colors. I don't know, what so, do you mean? So it's just they split, just get past. We'd have we'd have rotation. It okay. Never mind. <laughs> Anywho, I was in blue science. Huge shout out to blue science. My uh, the teach the original science teacher got fired in like October, November or something. Um, he just like wasn't very good for different reasons. And uh, shout out to Miss Singh. She came in. She did a phenomenal job. Love Miss Singh. What kind of science um, are we talking about? It's eighth grade science. I know, I but don't like know, eighth well, grade, because our eighth grade science was earth uh, science. So we did. Um, I know we did a, like a lot of uh, space stuff. I think I don't know. Okay. I, I I remember specifically doing a project with my friends who were all in blue science with me. Huge shout out to them. Oh my um, god. And we're like still friends. Those are my best friends on the uh, solar system. So okay. Uh, but it's, anywho, not very cr- 
That's not very cringy though. That's just like, yeah, science class went well for an eighth yeah. grader. Right, let's get some cringy. hockey takes. We need to bring this back to hockey. Well, no, we haven't talked. Really so for about... one, for one, no. Well, we're still on the Facebook one. So <laughs> on May twenty first of two thousand twelve, I put out there that I was listening to the Memorial Cup on a Canadian radio station, and I specifically remember this in eighth grade. I got really into the draft. Literally the worst draft in modern NHL history was 2012, right? And I don't know. I'll take your word for it. It was. First overall was Neil Yakupov. Second okay. overall was Ryan Murray. Yeah. Third overall was Galchenyuk. Galchen- yeah. Fourth was Riley. Griffin. Then fifth was Reinhardt. No, fourth, I, I have it up. Fourth is Griffin Reinhardt. Who and then I, fifth was Riley? Yeah, fifth was Riley. Okay. And then sixth was Lindholm. Seventh was Dumba. Yeah, so I do kind of know this. And then it was, yeah, Derek Pouliot was eighth. Yeah, Ninth was Truba. It's, yeah, they're, they're <laughs> I mean, Lindholm. Yeah. Lindholm was, was Lindholm the best probably of those? You want to take a, you want to take a guess at who's the gar lead, who has the gar, gar leaders from that draft class? Oh, you guys did put this in. Uh, oh, shoot, shoot. Do it. You want me to guess? Yeah, just, I mean, I don't know. Take a guess. There's some good players. Um, this is gar. Oof. Uh, there. I mean, there obviously are. They're just further back. I forget. CC is in this draft too. Was uh, Palat? Not... Was Palat eleven or or ten? He I was think before this, Pilot. right? He was the seventh grade. Uh, seventh. Uh... I'm gonna guess it's. Um, I think it's Lindholm, and then I also think that maybe, maybe Tom Wilson or Tara Vinen. Like, I would say those maybe are the three. I don't know. Wait, wait. Who's Lindholm? Hampus Lindholm. Hampus Lindholm. Hampus Yeah. It is. So I will give you an answer here. It is Tomas Hurdle. Oh, Hurdle was in this. And then oh, uh, yeah. Philip Forsberg. Where was he? And then Jacob Slavin. Is Forsberg was like 11. Forsberg was like 11, right? And that that's oh, like those yeah. three in Gar are basically tied at the top is, is Hurdle, Forsberg, Slavin from that draft class. And then that's from Gar. And then from Xgar... It's Forsberg by a lot, and then Hurdle and Slavin. Yeah, I and did. And Bear. Really? Where's yeah. I thought? I thought Hampus Lindholm. Is Lin- just... Lindholm is fifth in both. Oh, okay, goals. okay. So yeah, it is just wild though, because uh, not. To, I'll let you keep going, Sean. But a lot of these players have played a lot of games. Like I just saw this. Cody Cece has played six hundred games in the NHL. Like that's wild to me. You know, I let's see who's leading in games played. Can I sort this? Hey, Ryan, we have a the Riley worst. Will- you want to know the worst player from that draft class? Uh, <laughs> well, Hold theoretically, on. the worst player probably never played. You got to preface that. Well, that's okay. Yes, yes. Yeah. But I, among players who've been I mean, given a lot of time. I feel like it has to be CC, right? No, it's not. It's not CC. We've talked about him a couple times on this podcast. Uh, You're not going to get this. It's somewhat expansion draft related. Expansion draft related. Is it Curtis McDermott? It is Curtis McDermott. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because I didn't know Curtis McDermott is like a uh, inf- almost enforcer type, right? Like, oh, isn't yeah. he like just like I had no idea who that player was when all these teams were taking him, and it's like okay, that kind of makes sense now. Yeah, I don't really know. I mean, we kind of touched on this is like why some players get keep getting chances in the NHL and why some don't. That's just kind of, but it's like it's funny because the Wild had Nate Prosser. I don't know other Wild fans might know Nate Prosser. He was pretty not good, but literally every single person loved him on the team. Yeah, like every single player loved him, and and that's probably one of the re- if you're a really nice guy, 
you know, and you can kind of uh, you don't get make a lot of turnovers in your defensive zone. You could probably yeah. make yourself a decent NHL career. But back to Sean's Facebook yes. post from 2012. Yes. Well, I was going to go back just back to the 2012 draft, and I think we're oh, okay. off the Facebook post now. Yeah. Really, well, weren't you going to say the 20 what your what your post was from 2012, or no? Are we past that? It? I was listening to the well, I said like listening to the Memorial Cup on a Canadian radio station, and then the follow ups to those were Sea Dogs up one nothing, and then <laughs> um, <laughs> and then like t- tie game one one or something. <laughs> like, live, was, tweeting, <laughs> live tweeting is a 13. That was before Facebook, like live tweeting. Yeah, yeah, was a thing. Yeah, um, but it was really funny. So I was, again, I was really into the 2012 draft, but, like, I wasn't super knowledgeable about hockey at the time because I was, like, 14 and never played the game, and I was 14. And, um, but I, I remember, like, there was a consensus, there was no consensus, number one. This was just, like, who's going number one? Like, nobody had a clue. Everybody knew that this was a really bad draft class. Kind of similar to, like, last year or this past yeah. draft. Although I think this the two thousand twelve was significantly worse, I just remember like Forsberg was potential number one, and he fell to eleven. Wow. Yeah, I don't know what was he was also like regarded I think as like the top European prospect. Like I think he was number one in the central scouting European skaters, and I mean all the names in the world were like thrown out for number one, and most of them outside of Forsberg were bad. Um, there was some talk about Riley Murray being number one, I believe. Uh, obviously, he went number two. And if it wasn't for injuries, I think Ryan Murray has a significantly better career. Um, Jakobov was up there. Malcolm Subban was even considered, which I thought was like a bias to the fact that his brother was in the NHL because Vasilevsky was clearly the best goalie. And he probably has – oh, no, he doesn't have the highest goal, the highest guard, I would assume, then. But because um, the from beginning of his career, class? I think Anderson, Freddie Anderson, was from this draft class too, if I'm not mistaken. Um, really? I think Vasilevsky, so. like he he went. He is 87th overall. Anderson was taken in the third round, so he's close. But Vasilevsky went he's 19th overall. Yeah. So yeah, I I mean I think Vasilevsky is I don't know. Sorry, continue, Sean. But it, I mean it's just interesting that Forsberg fell and fell, and I think people really thought he would go like around where Dumbo went like I think people thought Minnesota was going to be a fit for him um and then they picked Dumbo yeah but um somehow fell to 11 and like what like next year he got traded at the deadline for Erat to yeah, Nashville classic. That, yeah, classic yeah one of the all-time trades I feel like that isn't oh yeah talked about as well ah, it still gets brought up somebody yeah. posted that in our Twitter bracket recommendation. yeah but it's <laughs> there's a lot of players up here that never really had a significant impact. Griffin Reinhardt is a specific player that I keep I've heard mentioned many times as <laughs> he had a big a, impact though because he was traded for what the Barzell pick. Uh, yeah, I mean he only played thirty seven games in the NHL. I know. So it's like, <laughs> but Shirelli yeah. was like, gotta have him. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, um, I don't know. It's kind of interesting, like that you said, like like the Wild took Dumbo over Forsberg, and um, who I mean you could have you know been. You could have missed a lot more. I mean, Dumba is, is kind of – he added quite a bit of value for a couple of years just because of his shot. Well, and then he, he, had that. He, he got injured with that in that fight yeah. with Kachuk, it, and he, he tore his pec. Yeah, he and hasn't that, really been the same. He hasn't really been the same since then. He was really coming into his own, I think, and that really kind of screwed up his shot because he had 
I mean, he had one of the hardest shots probably in the NHL. And he was, I mean, I think one of the best defensive defenseman shooters in like the league. Yeah. For oh yeah, he was. Years. He had an incredible shot for his first several years, and then he got injured yeah. a couple years ago, and he kind of is. But I mean, he's not been terrible. I mean, he's no. been okay. But I mean, I mean I, should we talk? Are we talking about the Wild? Oh now? yeah, the, nice segue <laughs> to the Wild losing two, only winning two of the last like what fifteen games or something. No, in the last ten. <laughs> They're coming back to earth. Yep. Oh yeah. Well, the I PDO's think PDO's back to like a stable measure. Over, like, I know. The last yeah. Well, and games it's fun- or so. Well, it's funny. Yeah, I guess we haven't chatted. We talked about them a little bit, but they've, um, they're a whole, mo- their their whole season, they've been kind of like just all shooting percentage and kind of average shot metrics. Like they they haven't really done anything. That's, I mean, they're not terrible. Either. They're they're kind of like a fine team, but they've just been scoring goals. Like Ryan Hartman and Kaprizov have just been scoring goals, and Felino too, I guess. Throw them and, and Boldy just yeah, like, just leaving. Him oh yeah, list, I guess. I know. Yeah. Well, and then the other thing is like Dimitri Filipovic again. Another Dimitri mentioned he just tweeted how like ten percent of all their goals have been scored with the goal- pulled goalie, which is just like doesn't seem like that's not really like you don't that would indicate that you're behind, that you're not holding a lead, and you're not like you know, and so you're having to then kind of just rely on late game shooting percentage to win games which is seems like maybe not the best uh you know strategy although it's fun i you can't deny that it's 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 fun to watch as a fan but um yeah their shooting percentage i think is back down to like essentially league average right now um and their save percentage is like i don't know i guess if they, it depends if they just you ride they're, they're rolling shooting percentage yes yeah, so rolling shooting percentage i mean like their last 10 10 games or whatever because they're still like they still have the highest shooting percentage oh, yeah. in the league but lately this is one yes. of the reasons why they're losing is because like sure if a team can sustain i don't know what they were at i, I think i had this up here like they were at one point um if we look at just let's go over to evolvinghockey.com and and go down to the charts team charts um at five on five they um, around game 50. So really not that far away. We're like at a 12 and a half, 13%, like five on five shooting <laughs> percentage. And the only team that had really a higher has this season has been, I think Tampa, um, maybe about 10 games ago was at about 14%. And Arizona also had kind of a crazy bender as well, but the wild have just dropped starkly. And so if you, if you have like, if your entire, uh, strategy or the way that you're winning games is just by scoring a lot of goals above what you might expect, um, that's not necessarily a sustainable thing that can lead that. I think you should maybe expect some, uh, you know, falling back down to earth. So well, it's just volatility in general. Yeah. They, I mean, they have had kind of a, I mean, it's kind of like the flip side of the, like the, the Leafs, except the, uh, Leafs have much better underlying metrics <laughs> yeah. than the wild do. <laughs> yeah. So Here's, not, not really <laughs> so like kind a, of inverse though. A weird thing here though. Right. So they, after today's loss, they have 67 points. They're only in a playoff spot by three points with two games in hand on, on Edmonton. Like there, there's, you guys have them or had them going into today at a 97% chance to make the playoffs on evolving-hockey.com. <laughs> but there's a legitimate shot like the Minnesota Wild missed the playoffs here. Uh, Well, so... The thing is, I mean, how how good do you think the Pacific is, right? Like, do you think, like, those teams are really challenging outside of Calgary? I mean, in, I guess Vegas, but, like, it's it, they're kind of – you are right, though. I mean, they're, they're, they had a very good lead in the playoff race, and they've definitely – losing three of their – or, like, winning three of their last, like, whatever, I don't know, 14, 13 games is not a good way to kind of pad the points that allows you to have a playoff spot. But also the West is pretty weak overall. So I still think there's a pretty good shot there. 
that they're going to make the playoffs. But you're kind of, I mean, yeah, you're, I mean, they're, in, they're in the same situations close. here, to to be fair, with like the Golden Knights as well, right? Like, I think they have 67 as well. Uh, I just yeah. put my phone away. But, you know, like, it, it's really tight in, in the West with the wild card spot. And like the Kings, I know, like, the model still isn't like a believer of like where they are in the standings, I guess. So the, there's a 61% chance of them making the playoffs here. Yeah, you know, like the Kings maybe are are we're underestimating them a bit. I don't know. Yeah, it's They're, it's possible. I mean, we don't, you know. Again, um, we're gonna be <laughs> one one in season. It's kind of hard to make adjustments, and I don't like to really change up the way that the model was built at the start of the season. Um, but a lot of like younger teams, um, they definitely update a lot faster than players. Or I should say that that um that the model is is going to be probably um, better for seasoned teams where we have a lot of information on the players. I think prospects get really tough, um, especially if a player comes into the league and, you know, we kind of had them, you know, we estimate for players that we don't have any data on. We, the way that we project those skaters is, well, and goalies is just kind of using a curve of um, draft position. So, and so those are always going to be pretty conservative estimates. So if a player is, you know, much better, like they basically like it, it's pretty a, a conservative kind of estimate for new players. And so that's kind of hard to update in season when you only have like 40 games for a player. It's like there's a lot of different ways that you could do that. So that would be one thing that we might look into changing a little bit more um, in the future. Although, I don't know, the... um the model has stayed pretty like consistent on the Kings, although <laughs> the Golden Knights have been very disappointing this year, I think, um, from a at least where we projected them to be. Um, and so I, I think that it's kind of, I don't know, the Kings, yeah, it, it's just been kind of kind of interesting looking at um, kind of where the projections are right now. Well, and Sean, you had a, a point, though. I mean, I think that we are, and it's kind of the West Coast thing a little bit, but I Maybe it's just because I just our models haven't liked the Kings, but they're—I mean—they've been pretty soft. I mean, like you can make a case that they're maybe like better than the Wild. I mean, like I don't—I don't know if that's like—I think that's really spicy. But like they have some—I think they have better. Like some of their XG numbers are now. The granted, the Wild are still doing their thing where they're not like they limit quality chances really well, but they allow a lot of shots, and they also have relied really have they haven't generated a ton of shots. It's like their defense is still pretty good. But again, they're the same wild team other than they just have added some scorers and they still have kind of shaky goaltending unless, you know, Kakinen is is kind of like the one they ride, um, you know, into the playoffs if they do get that far. But I don't know. I, I think that the, the, the Kings have been very surprising. I, I don't think it should be that surprising that like Deneau has been really good. But, you know, the other thing is also like Kopitar has been very solid still, which is pretty maybe expected not amazing not like you know prime Kopitar but he's still good Dowdy's kind of had a bit of a resurgence as well um I also like you know they they just have a uh they have a solid group of players that um and not really any big weak links and Jonathan Quick has been also yeah Jonathan Quick has had a really year so it's like I don't know I, I I could see a case of like the maybe the like the Kings are are they I, I think you could say they're at least kind of close to the Wild. I think there's a chance that like they might be maybe kind of right about the same as the Wild outside of the Wild's scoring, you know, um, depending on how much weight you put in that. Yeah, I don't know. It's The West is going to be really interesting to see because I think the Blues have really kind of turned it up. Like, we've had 
the Avalanche, obviously number one in the West, and then uh, and then the Wild were um, kind of the second best team for a little bit there. Um, but the Flames have really kind of kicked it into high gear, and the Knights and the Wild have kind of fallen off, while the Blues have also kind of um, done had a little bit better of a middle of the season kind of performance. Um, so it, yeah, it's definitely going to be interesting. I mean, the East is pretty much set, right? Like I don't. Yeah, East is boring. East is like pretty much <laughs> locked in. I mean, the lowest of the top eight teams in the East is the Capitals, and they, we have them at like a ninety-four percent chance of making the playoffs. I don't really see the next best team, closest team to be catching them would be the Blue Jackets, which I just don't really see happening. Um, no. no, I mean, <laughs> I mean, like, I, looked, a, I looked into this today. Well, I looked into the Blue Jackets today because I was like, who do we not talk about? Maybe we should talk about teams we don't talk about. Yeah, and I was like the Blue Jackets. And then, you know, because the Rick Nash's uh, yep, yep. retirement last night and whatever brought me, you know, brought them to my head because we never talk about them anymore. And, uh, yeah, it's just like there's just no hope for any sort of fun in the East. I think everything's just kind of yeah. settled. But I, it definitely it's it's setting up for like kind of a wild um potential end of the season because like right now like we legitimately have the kings oilers stars predators blues and wild and golden knights are all kind of within like six points of each other in our projections and that's for what like four is that was that four well so the top two so there's going to be one in the central obviously the avalanche are going to make it like that's they're not not making it um (laughs) and then the flames are probably in the other lock to make it no, they are. The Flames are the other yeah. lock to make it. Um, and then based on our projections, it's like pretty much... Because right now, with the way that it's it's a Monte Carlo simulation and one standard deviation on the actual distribution of the simulated results is about five points, plus or minus. So in either direction, that's kind of where the model like would generally kind of be simulating it to be somewhere within that range. And, like, I mean, all of these teams, the Stars... Kings, Oilers, uh, Blues, Wild, and Knights are all within kind of the same range. So, like, we're looking at a pretty tight playoff race as this keeps going. And the Wild just lost to the Stars today, um, <laughs> which is, you know, good news for Jason Robertson and, you know, friends. Um, <laughs> and, um, you know, the Kings, I don't, I don't know, the Canucks are pretty, I think they're the a Canucks, pretty long shot, yeah. like big long shot at this point. But, I mean... I think the trade deadline is going to be pretty wild because I think a lot of these teams, given how close they are, are going to be trying to make pushes for the playoffs. And it'll be pretty interesting to see, you know, like I, there was a lot of, I mean, there was some talk about the what the Wild are going to do with Kevin Fiala. Um, but if they're kind of, you know, if they were sitting pretty, you know, they might be doing something different with Fiala than if they're like close to not making the playoffs. I think that, you know, if they're potentially in that spot, maybe they're going to try to go, after Giroux, I don't know. Like, they'd have to do a lot to get, you know, cap space. But, I mean, a lot of those players – or a lot of those teams also, I'm sure, would love to have Giroux as well. <laughs> well um, yeah, I, I think I was going to say that the Wild – it seems like their current strategy is, like, they have this year and next year where their window's kind of open yeah. before the Parisian suitor buyouts hit the – or, like, the, the dead cap kind of hits the books. So, like, I think they're full – they're all in right now. I wouldn't be surprised if they call up, like, Marco Rossi – um, and like that kind of try and b- bolster their forward group a little bit. They've had a little bit of injury stuff with like Spurgeon's been out for a while and they've, you know, missed Felino and stuff like that. But um, I don't know. It'll be really interesting because there's what? There's there's um, like six six teams or seven teams for 
like the last what would it be the last uh um i guess last four spots maybe last three spots in the west that are yeah. kind of all you know i mean i think right now the only things yeah the only solid like locks are the avalanche and the flames i know our, our playoff probabilities are pretty high here but it i don't know it's kind of hard to, well, to back test it's this funny stuff. because of the way this works is like the the probabilities can move really quickly when you're right on the bubble so yeah. like if you're like after the wild losing to the stars tonight like that could drop them you know like once you get into kind of the middle ground between like say 20 and 80 or 30 and 70 percent like you can move around a ton because of just the way the playoff cutoffs happen so we're kind of in the point where the wild are now entering the um bubble teams among all of the western teams so it'll be uh interesting i mean st louis has been really also a really interesting team this year um i mean mostly I, well not that interesting because you kind of we expected buchnevich to be as good as he's been but um you know they've also just gotten some pretty good um uh just all around contributions from the team so yeah, the West, I think, is the division uh, or the conference to watch uh, heading into the trade deadline specifically. But then also it's going to be, um, you know, really interesting as we head into the playoffs and who's going to kind of separate. Yeah, because did we did we we already talked about the players like that are like kind of most most talked about for trade targets. We did right? that like a month ago. I, th I thought maybe next week we could do another. Yeah. You know, I, I'm kind of guessing that we're going to start to see a few trades like in the next week or two before even. I don't know. We'll see. I can't even. It's been a bit like with a normal trade deadline, so um, like pre yeah, I don't remember how that COVID, works. I, I, I'd have to remind myself the timing of everything. I think uh, you'll see a Maple Leafs trade on Friday. <laughs> are you gonna, they're gonna get a goalie. I don't know. Huso for Who, Is it Huso? <laughs> Who's a kid in, uh, yeah. in St. Louis? Oh yeah, Huso. Yeah, he had a really really good stretch. Uh, I don't think they would trade. Literally, Huso. we'll just send them a bunch of like Canadian goods. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't wait for the, the Leafs to grab Sherratt to shore up their defense. That's what I'm really, really hoping for. Oh, my God. And I who hope is going to – He, might, he is, might work out there. I'm not going to lie. I mean, do they need him? I don't think they need him. I don't think so either, but he might work <laughs> out. Labushkin, Labushkin actually has been decent with the, uh, with the Leafs. I'm not going to lie. And since he's, like, in a system that sort of promotes uh, defensemen taking risks, like, he's actually been sort of getting a little bit more involved – lately yeah since coming since coming to uh toronto i said coming to toronto i'm presently in massachusetts <laughs> but um <laughs> you know since going to, to toronto he's been taking like a little bit more risks and like i think there's definitely a conversation and i don't think it's for like this podcast but like maybe like a coaching podcast or something to be had for players that switch systems and are sort of like unleashed if you will i don't yeah. know because i think like zach bogosian was an example uh going to tampa if you remember, he yeah. went basically just for the bubble, I think, really. Um, you know, but, like, Zach Bogosian was, like, kind of a, a bust, if you will, between, like, Winnipeg and Buffalo. Like, never really, like, turned out to be um, maybe what he was sort of destined to be, quote-unquote. And, like, a lot of it was when he was in juniors, like, he was sort of skilled offensively when he's got that grit, but, grit like, and snarl he can snap the puck around yeah. he was he was big he was big <laughs> and they he was big and they just wanted to like make him a defensive defenseman and like they were he, they just threw him into the shell and then he went to to tampa and it was like all of a sudden like this guy can like make some offensive plays and he, he kind of looks a little bit ugly doing it but <laughs> i like, mean you know like he he could jump in he added this other element and i think like there's something to be had for 
for defense and searching systems, but that's not really a conversation for this podcast. Yeah. Where we're not yeah. really experts. Well, on yeah, that. we can't. That's something we've no, talked I, about. It, we can't project. But I wonder, like, I think there's some other, things. like, I guess, some trade targets that we had mentioned, like Klingberg, for instance. Right now, that Dallas is very much in, like, kind of the hunt. Are they like gonna, you know? Do you think that they're? I mean, I would think they're probably keeping Klingberg right toward down the stretch like that seems like there's a couple players we mentioned in the deadline that we talked about a month ago that are probably their teams are maybe now back more in the race than they were at the time I imagine I don't know I imagine they're gonna keep Klingberg as painful as it might be for them um, and maybe they just trade him for like a draft pick just get something out of it like later on um, and then I assume he'll end up in Seattle this summer oh you think Seattle yeah. is where he's going I think that's I think that's just yeah, I don't really have many doubts about that. As long as Seattle's, assuming Seattle's interested, which I assume they will be, um, yeah, I think that's the pick because like they have the cap room to do it. Um, there's gonna be pressure for them to go out and sign some players after a really disappointing first year, and I think like a change of scenery, like take a bet on Klingberg. I think that's what it is. To be fair, that was also like in thirty-two thoughts. Although I've been thinking about that as a fit for like two months now. Oh, okay. So credit yeah. to me, not Elliot. But <laughs> <laughs> also seems like let's see some other recent. I, I think I've heard a lot about JT Miller too, who seems yeah, kind of like a whatever acquisition for a team. Like I mean, just per, I don't really think that. I mean, so yeah. I went on, I went on to a uh, this was like last week, and I went on a thread on Twitter about I'm not the biggest JT Miller fan. But if you're a team like looking for offense and can sort of shelter um, his sort of defensive shortcomings, which he's always had, then I think like JT Miller's a, an obvious uh, fit. So like the Bruins, as an example, to upgrade for Halla, I think would would be yeah as an example, right? Because right now in between Pasternak and Hall, well, you could you could debate whether it'd be so worth it whether it have such a tremendous impact but between um holland and pasternak right now is eric Halla, who's you know yeah. not but if you could put jt miller there like now you have two legitimate super lines whoever you put with uh bergeron and marshawn and then like jt miller taylor hall and david pasternak and I think the Bruins, who've kind of been like a little bit of a step down in the Atlantic, like become like legit contenders, and that just becomes like a super division. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't, maybe I mean, I'm not do as high have... on on Miller as you are, but I I, I could see. Well, I think so, uh, Hall is offensively. I don't think you could argue that JT Miller's a uh, very solid forward. Oh, I agree. It's just defensively, I think. Uh, but Hall is just bad overall. I mean, no, you know, he's not very good, <laughs> and so it's like, yeah. Miller would be an upgrade. Now, I don't know how much. I think the real trade target is like something like Hurdle. Seems like the one yeah. that like is the um if they if the if the Sharks are going to tr- trade him. Like that's the player yeah, oh, yeah, that, yeah. that a team should well, be going after. Was Forsberg on the So Forsberg Forsberg's been starting to be brought up and like this would be like the highest time to pay for Forsberg cuz he's kind of on a shooting yeah. bender right now. So this would be yeah. difficult. And like yeah. I I don't know like I, I don't follow it enough. Clearly, we we like don't really talk about Nashville on here, so maybe I'm like out of the loop. But like, I just don't understand like the motivation for like trading away a Philip Forsberg. But they've yeah. kind of gone and made some sales with Ryan Ellis and uh, Victor Arvidsson, and yeah, I don't know. But I mean, yeah, they're also like very much in the playoff hunt too. So it's like, 
I don't know why they would be trading one, like their best forward or one of their best forwards at this point, unless like you know. But we'll have to see. I mean, it's what three weeks, two weeks until the deadline. About two weeks. Two weeks. So it's kind of going to depend here. Like I don't know. I could see. I mean, clearly, in my opinion, the the top target should be Giroud. Um, well, Hurdle. I would say or hurdle. hurdle. I would say Hurdle. You think Hurdle? I mean, well, if you're talking about like trade and extend, is Hurdle's deal up after this season? Yeah, he's not. They're both Giroud and him are both on and and Forsberg. All three of them are on their last yeah. year. So like, um, but there's also like I think Hurdle. Let's see, cap friendly. Shout out to cap friendly. Uh, yeah, Hurdle's got a uh, modified no trade. So that's I don't know. Might not. It probably doesn't change anything because Hurdle's probably will waive it to go to a playoff team if that's you know. Well, he what he doing. probably submitted a list of teams. Oh, that's that yeah. he won't go to, which are probably non-playoff teams. Yeah, that's true. So, yeah, that's my point, regardless of how how it works out. So, I don't know. Giroux also is is I think I would maybe have hurdle higher than Giroux, but that's just me, um, mostly just because of age. Uh, well, I mean, yes and no. I mean, it kind of it all depends what you're like looking for, I guess. Um, like I don't know. I'm trying to think of an example. Well, I, I think Giroux's going to go to Colorado no matter what, right? Like, well, I, I don't think there's I, a I, doubt. I, I don't like – I guess I don't – I haven't followed enough of the rumors or like kind of – but it does seem that's that seems to be kind of what's going to happen. We'll see. You know, so it's like – I don't know. What are, you looking, what are you looking for, mm-hmm. I guess, as well? And if you're like looking for sort of a leader and someone who could take on like a more of a death role and could be used at all three forward positions like Giroux, like who's so versatile like i think there is like some value add there because if you're a playoff team already like the marginal value of of tomas hurdle like when you sort of put everything together it's not gonna be so much better than Claude Giroux. like you sort of like pad the difference and i do think like there's something to like the leadership aspect that Colorado probably feels that they've been missing over like the last couple of years um, and not quite getting over the hump. Like they're not like they, you know, there's no point in getting out of the first round, like the Colorado avalanche do if they're going to lose in the second round, like everybody comes after the Maple Leafs, but like, I'd rather play more golf then. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, but it's like, maybe like they see that as a way to get over the hump um, and just yeah, add like I mean, a legitimate competitor and like leader I mean, in the that, room as well. The Avalanche with Giroud just like wouldn't be fair though. I don't think that they would just be too good. They would be yeah. like at that point. <laughs> well, to be fair though, I mean like Hurdle and Giroud actually over the last three years have been very similar. Yeah, they right. That's what been, I mean. That's what yeah, I mean. And yeah. then you you that's, create I a cushion. I'm and I do think yeah. I do think that there are some intangible aspects that can sort of bring the value then to Giroud. Oh yeah, you know, and yeah. also what we need to see happen is we need to see the Flyers. They're going to trade Giroux to Colorado for whoever, Jack and Johnson. then they're going to get Jack Johnson back, yeah. <laughs> and then we're going to see Ristolainen and Yandel and Johnson all on, on the, the same team on oh. a defensive. That's what we needed. Like, so Mike is always talking about gold drafting. This is going to be like, what's the opposite of gold drafting? <laughs> what is like the the opposite of like? Once you're out of the playoffs, the team that does the worst. The cheapest metal? Are you looking for, yeah. like, what, uh, the bronze? Bronze. No, iron it's, drafting. it's cheaper than iron bronze. Or, or, or drafting. drafting. <laughs> <laughs> like, iron ore drafting, yeah. <laughs> Is that the cheapest metal? I don't know what I, the... I doubt it, actually, because there's whole industries all, around iron all ore. All metals are going up right now. But, though, so. um, yeah. yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the hell anyway. Philly's doing. Those, But um, regardless, we're I don't even know where we're at with time. We're, like, I would over guess. an hour at this point. Okay. We also should save some of this to do an actual trade deadline episode 
But I guess we're we're essentially touching uh, touching uh, like base again on where we're at in terms of the trade deadline. I think Giroux and Hurdle are easily the top two targets, um, unless there's another player. I first Forsberg's up there too. I would put um, Giroux and Hurdle above him though, um, and I think. Yeah, it seems like Giroux, Giroux on the Avalanche seems unfair, but Hurdle on the Avalanche also seems unfair. Um, and I, I think of that, they will be the clear front runners. Although, I mean, you think the Pan- are the Panthers looking at either one of them? I don't know. I mean, you know, is one of I'm, my point is is one of the other big kind of contenders looking to add a player like that um, is would be my question as well. Because if they're in on it and they're trying to win more, right, that could be something to look at. But I don't know. Though, I haven't looked into the, the situations there. Yeah. I don't know. I was just looking up what the cheapest metals are. <laughs> what are they? I think it's iron. Iron. I was right. I think, but it's like it depends because it's like in abundance. I think aluminum's pretty cheap, but oh, yeah, not aluminum. in like its pure form or something. I don't know. Just looking up, but I think yeah, I do think iron ore is maybe the cheapest, but yeah. that's an ore which is different. And I'm is not, ore a metal? Well, it's a mineral. I think I don't exactly know the difference, and I'm not going to go look it up. We're right from now, Minnesota. We should know, know about our iron, our, our yeah. geography. <laughs> I know, Sean. Do you know about the Iron Range up in northern Minnesota? We can end this on geography here. No, it's what we learn about in elementary school. You never heard about the Iron Range? It's the Iron Range. So it I'll give you I'll give you a, a geography lesson here, Sean, about the Great Lakes. Is that Superior Lake Superior is has one of the? This is actually a recent Jeopardy question. Did we already talk about this? We talked about Duluth, Minnesota, before it was a Jeopardy question. Duluth is one of the biggest ports on any of the Great Lakes, um, which is on the it's the furthest city on uh, west on any of the Great Lakes, obviously because it's on Superior. Um, but the all of northern Minnesota has a very large uh, iron range. It's called, and so there's a lot of uh, industry around mining ore in northern Minnesota. So if you ever drive up north into uh uh Luke look up look up the names of these places I should know them Cuyuna I think the Cuyuna Iron Range is the name of it but Duluth and um along the north shore there's a lot of iron uh range if you drive up along uh 61 along north uh on Lake Superior you'll see what is it is it two heart not two harbors Silver Bay has huge this is yeah. our geography John don't look at me like that you're learning <laughs> right, we gotta lesson. end that we gotta end it you're getting a lesson we gotta end it we anyway gotta... the they mined a lot of iron, and then they shipped it across the Great Lakes to Detroit, where they made all the American cars. That's what we were taught about oh. in elementary school. Yeah, but also, oh. have, you heard, have you heard about the Edmund Fitzgerald, Sean? Josh, we're not keep going. We're going to end this. We're ending this now. We're not talking about the Edmund Fitzgerald. Anyone who has heard, the Edmund Fitzgerald was carrying iron ore when it sank in Lake Superior, which then Gordon Lightfoot wrote a song about, which is classic, you know, in the myth, the mythos of northern the northern U.S. Anyway, you should know this, Sean. You're young. We understand. <laughs> I'm teaching you something about geography here. Anyway, all right, that's enough. Yeah. This has gone on for too long. Yeah, bye, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, hopefully, Josh will get out the glossary episode this week. Um, I will. I will. He says he will, but he said so last week. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I mean, we'll be back with another episode next week. We'll probably actually be prepared maybe and talk about the trade deadline next week. Um, but yeah, we might just wait till the week after. We'll see. And uh, yeah, thanks for somehow making it through another chaotic, evolving hockey podcast episode. We'll see you guys yeah. next week. Thanks, yeah. Sean. Thanks, Sean.